Welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled. Uh, we're laughing already because it's your favorite House Republican podcast, and that's funny. Um, yeah. Listen, by- if you don't have a good time listening to this podcast, then your good time meter is broken. Well, that's uh, well. There's probably a lot of good time, broken good time eaters out there. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, you just heard Representative Jesse Topper. Just got uh, Neil Lesher here as well. All right. Well, you know there was uh, possibly some uh, situation where we might have actually done this on camera, and uh, somebody here had the bright idea of doing the podcast shirtless. But even though we're behind microphones. You know, we decided to carry, carry that well, out. Well, just judging by how we all feel about impossible whoppers or anything healthy, I'm pretty sure that people would get the idea that that would not attract viewership. I just, I, I think it's pathetic that you suggest doing something shirtless with Jason and I just to make yourself feel better. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever we can do at this point to get our confidence up about ourselves. Um, you know, people, they, they put out these polls all the time about politicians or the General Assembly or Congress, you know, and they're all really, really depressing for those of us who are in office. Although, it, interestingly, about all those kind of polls, you know, they always say, well, well, what is your thought on, you know, the House of Representatives in Pennsylvania? What's your thought on the General Assembly? What's your thought of Congress, right? That's the poll that all, always go out. And it has these horrible, like, 20% approval ratings. But if you ask people, well, what do you think about your congressman? It, it changes, right? right? Which is kind of where we are um, in in the country, which is, all right, we think the people who agree with us or our own people are okay. It's all the other folks that are causing the problems. And uh, I was looking at a, a book the other day. I think it was called the looking at getting at the big sort or the great sort. Have you guys heard about that? How it's kind of what's driving our political ideologies. It used to be, you know, you would move someplace based on maybe socioeconomic status or something else, but now we're literally sorting ourselves, not just throughout the country, but in Pennsylvania, based on political ideology. In other words, the red areas get redder, the blue areas get bluer, the red states get redder, the blue states get bluer, and so you're surrounding yourself with people who only think the way you do. And and that's that's actually showing up in you know, how they feel it's, about the rest of the country, right? It's called the Amish approach to human geography. Okay. Okay. That sounds like a new book idea. Right. That sounds like, or the name of a band. I just made that up. It's not too bad, right? Yeah. The, wait, you mean the Amish approach? Yeah, the, the, the Amish approach. I could. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pause the podcast. We're gonna go start a band. Uh, <laughs> producer Chuck here is our uh, musician. I'm on it. Yeah, well, actually, Jesse's a musician too. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I uh, I do I do vocals, and uh, Neil could be the roadie. Okay. I, so good. I play the drums. Oh, well, right. we have we have the makings of a of a band right here. I don't know if that's the name we really want to go with, but you know, we'll we'll try and we'll we'll sift through that a little bit. All right. Well, if we were a band, what what name do you think you got? Well, I tell you what, I, I generally assembled. Yeah, nah, I mean, it's the name of a very popular podcast. Yeah, I, but it's a good it's a good brand. Um, be, that's how you build good. a brand. Yeah, you just keep using the same name, like standing up for taxpayers. That's true. <laughs> anyway, Speaking we, of which, yeah, that's get, a great lead into the budget. Yeah, we are uh, currently standing up for taxpayers. And, um, you know, look, I think this is a budget where we have these these big priorities of, you know, these overarching themes, if you might want to call them, of, uh, on the one hand, having a budget that reflects the fiscal realities of today or tomorrow. You know, we, we're, we're not blind to the fact that we have surplus dollars in federal funding. Uh, it just becomes then how, how do you want to use them and how are you going to make them worthwhile and make make this budget worthwhile with what we have and frankly when you have good times uh, that makes it even more ne- people say it's more difficult to budget in flush times 
than it is during hard times because you have a lot more choices. The desire to go spend crazy is very high. Look, I think the word is sustainability. What can we do budget-wise that is actually sustainable, not just through good times? And I would argue that really right now, economically, we're in, we're in good times in terms of revenue, but we're not in good times in terms of our economy. We know we're in a very tenuous spot because of inflation and, and which we're having policy hearings. Uh, I think actually as we, as we speak, Chairman Causer's having hearings uh, about inflation, but it's not, with these, these times, we're not flush with cash because the economy is going great guns. We have issues in this economy. Um, we're, we're flush in cash because we have some infusion of one-time dollars and we, you know, with inflation, obviously the price of everything is higher, which means we're getting more sales tax revenue. People are spending, they are buying because they, they have some of that stimulus money themselves, but that is not sustainable. We need to be making investments that actually are going to grow the economy. What does that look like? Looks like tax cuts. Looks like the el elimination of uh, estimated sales tax. It looks like returning money to the people in a way that will actually grow this economy moving forward. And yes, that also means putting some money away so that when those lean times come, we're not going to go back and ask for, oh, by the way, we cut all those taxes. Now we're going to need that money back. You know, we, we can't get in that situation. So to me, every time I have a budget request or every time we're in a meeting, I keep coming back to the word, is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? Yeah. And it, there was a Washington Post poll out that I saw this morning that two in three people expect inflation to get worse in the over the next year. And so when people have that kind of you know, viewpoint on where we're headed, they start to slow down on their spending. They're starting to plan for that. They're, you know, they can no longer afford to do everything that they were doing. They have to start making choices about where they're going to spend that money. And that has an impact on our budget. In fact, uh, the Independent Fiscal Office is actually projecting that in the next fiscal year, 22-23, uh, general fund revenues will actually be 3.7% less than what we collected this year. So those are things we have to plan for. You know, you mentioned putting more money into the rainy day fund and, and saving for that. Um, but I also think we have to be responsible, you know, before we start creating new programs, we have to look at some of the debt that's been occurred around here. You know, one of those areas is the Unemployment Compensation Trust Fund that's, you know, the estimates are between two and $400 million. I think we should use those ARPA funds to pay that off so that that fund can start building to solvency, preparing for the next recession. Um, there's also, you know, some budgetary gimmicks that Wolf has pushed in the past. You know, we're delayed in our payments to human services providers. We can get caught up on that. And, and you know, the Commonwealth should pay their bills like any other business would. Um, so those are ah, one time. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> so those, are, those are one time uses of what's a one time kind of juice right. in our funds. And see, I see that as infrastructure. It's economic infrastructure. Right. We're paying off debt. We have the ability to do that at this time. Uh, we have the ability ability to eliminate the estimated sales tax with that one-time hit because we can absorb it this year. These are things that, that create uh, – and look, I, I when I say the rainy day fund, I don't think the government should be in the business of hoarding tax dollars, right? Like, we just – we shouldn't. But we do need to have a certain amount put aside because we will hit some rough times, and we will need to make – you know, maybe it's that one-time payment, maybe it's – Maybe it's look, I, but I don't think it should be well, used look, for it's, programs. It's prudent planning to have for not only for the state but for individuals to have a, diver, a diversified portfolio, right? right? So you have uh, that's our, that's our savings account is to make sure that that's full enough to, to deal with, uh, you know, what we know is coming down the at the heart. The 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 reality that we're facing today is that we're not blind to what's coming in front of us. Negative GDP growth, the the IFO numbers that Neil just said. We know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's an oncoming train. Mm -hmm. It's just how we're going to deal with it. Uh, and we need to decide 
how we're going to be prudent about spending. So we're going to we're going to spend some, we're going to save some, and we're going to return some. Being prepared, but also being responsible uh, in terms of of the fact that we we do have some areas of need. Right? We know we know we need to take care of our long term care facilities. We understand our demographic requires us to have strong long term assisted living care. All of all of those things for our seniors. But we also know that when when it comes to adding dollars, and I said this the other day in a meeting uh, with with the minority chair Bradford, yes, investments, but also reforms. With the dollars we invest in education, there needs to be some reforms, both at higher education and K through 12. Uh, the investments we make in the Department of Human Services need to come with reforms to that department. So when we talk about it's n- the budget's not just about how much we're going to spend, but how are we going to spend it, and some of that calls for reforming the silos of which they're spent. So I think that that throughout this conversation we have about spending also needs to come government reform, again, to create that word, sustainability moving forward. Yeah, there was a really good editorial in the Wall Street Journal this week about the kind of what COVID has done in the Medicaid space. And, you know, in the last two years, while the federal government has had this disaster uh, or emergency declaration, they call it, you know, we've been receiving extra federal funds for our Medicaid program, which has helped our budget. But at the same time, we haven't been able to disenroll people who are no longer eligible. And so we're now two years into this thing. And I think the estimates in Pennsylvania are there's about 300,000 people who are currently on the Medicaid rolls who are actually not eligible to be on Medicaid. But because of these federal rules, we have to keep holding them on. And for now, that extra federal money is covering for that, but I think we're soon going to be approaching the point where it, it's not a break-even point anymore, and we're going to start losing money on this deal. And, w- and when we talk education, you know, specifically higher education, I, I point to our state system. You know, Yes, we need to invest there, but we also needed to make sure the system itself was reforming. Well, right, and that's that's, an, that's a success area, right? right? And that's where they're, a, but, they're but, looking at those and, changes. And so, so actually have made you know that integration model that they've moved on and things have gone very, very well. And even those who were not on board at first are starting to realize the opportunity there. That needs to take place all across state government. Right, all across, whether it be education, whether it be you know what you're mentioning, Neil, about look these entitlement programs, they have to be reformed. Uh, there's not an if it, because look, we can put 3.5 billion in the rainy day fund that'll get chewed up right now. Like that, that will be gone if we don't create some reform. So I just want to make sure the reform part of the conversation is still there during the budget, not just the the money piece. All right, well, just I think- like they reformed uh, Major League Baseball this year, new playoff system. Well, a whole new minor league system, too. New minor league system, yeah. But, uh, but you know, look, all, all I know about Major League Baseball is that once you get rid of Joe Girardi, your team starts playing well. Well, I wanted to ask. <laughs> so I wanted to ask. That's the my Philly, team, the, the Phillies. I, I, right, yeah. I've been, and I've been asking. I'm, I'm going to actually get to get to the go the ballpark this weekend. I'm wearing my Pirates hat right now because everybody knows I'm a, I'm a black and gold fan. Oh, I thought fan. that was a Puma hat. Come on. We're, <laughs> listen, we're, we're young and... You know, we're trying to get better. Anyway, um, but enough about the Pirates. Well, that was that, that brings me to somebody on Twitter completely shocked that you weren't like an old man. That was, oh, this, yeah. is, this is a shout-outs for shout-outs? Yeah. yeah. Show me. Yeah. Let's do shout-outs for shout-outs that somebody uh, – well, what, was it – okay. Was it, was it my voice <laughs> – that they thought was older, or when they saw my picture, they knew I was older, or what? I no, they, no, no, like, I didn't believe realize you were so that you young. were as yeah, young as like, you were. Wow, he's your voice he's sounds age. older. That's what they said. Yeah, you, wow, I didn't know he was your guy's age. Yeah, because yeah, you guys look so much younger than me, or sound well, so much younger I get, than me. I, get, is that, I, I, guess. I guess we sound younger. I'm forty years old. Well, well how old are you, Neil? Thirty-six. I'm thirty-seven. Chase, my goodness, I am the old man in this crew here. Well, it just makes you a little bit wiser. 
Well, I think the, yeah, my voice probably sounds more mature, you know, than than yours. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't still sit around in my Star Wars PJs and watch Obi Wan. So I guess I not that I'm, anyone. I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> <laughs> not that anybody on this particular podcast. Look, I, I would was, do that. I was talking to members of the press this week, and they they said something to me about how I probably don't have any friends. And I was like, I don't have any friends. And I said, I've never I've never said that I do. I was like, in fact, I, I, I'll admit, I don't have any friends, but I do have several close associates. <laughs> and they said, maybe, like that. maybe maybe, maybe, defining the people in your life as close associates is one of the reasons you don't, you have, don't friends. have any friends. Yeah. Good point. Uh, so, but, but how this came about is actually kind of interesting. So Athen, who, who's a lobbyist with uh, Long Nyquist here in town, um, you can find him on Twitter at Athen underscore K. He's currently doing a thread where his goal is to talk to every member of the General Assembly, 253, interview them, and post what their first job was. And Jesse, you told him. I was an umpire. At uh, 10 years old, I actually did. I was still playing Little League, but they needed an umpire for another Little League game. And that was the first job I got paid for, was uh, umpire. And I still umpire to this day. 30 High years later. And, yeah, college uh, summer baseball. Well, all right. So, what's your take? What's your take on Major League Baseball? We got so we. Well, I interrupted well, you. No, no. I, I just I think I think it is an exciting time you're for going, both you're going both to the Pennsylvania. Games. Yeah, yep. both Pennsylvania teams because I think the Phillies. You know, obviously, well, it's it's showing that the celebrity hires don't always work. Joe Madden gets fired uh, in in Los Angeles, Anaheim, whatever they're called now, and then you know Joe Girardi gets fired in Philly. But they seem to be playing well. I do like what I see from the Pirates, both the Major League level and in the minor league system. I get to go to the Altoona Curve games. You know, they're fairly close to the district uh, their double a system so i think i think it's it's exciting but this expanded playoff format i think is going to to be better for baseball i think teams are going to stay in it longer and uh hopefully the pa teams at some point we will see them rise i didn't realize the phillies had had the longest postseason drought i think with uh, was it the mariners but like a, a very long time, they've been, and you, you know, they've had some pretty good teams. Like you think they should be better. Yeah, since uh, <clears throat> since 2010, actually, I'm sorry, since 2011, um, we we have not been in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, well, I love how we say we. I did the right. same thing a little while ago with the Pirates, like as though Jason and I are playing on the field. It's like, well, we. Well, I, but I, you know I what? Mean, Look, I do feel as though fans fans are yeah, <laughs> uh, they're an integral part of the team. Um, you know, and and frankly, one of my biggest disappointments, and I've told you this, in, in having to live in Carlisle, is I'm just outside of where you get Phillies games. I get the Orioles, I get the Nationals, I get the Pirates, um, but you don't get the Phillies. But if you move into Mechanicsburg, you get the Phillies. Yeah. So, like, I'm like right down the road from having access to Philly sports. I, have I don't told have you. Them, I have tried to sell MLB extra innings. I, but on I can't, this very I'm podcast. still in the blackout. I'm still in the black because they black out the local teams. But you don't. But it's not one of your local teams. But, but they still for, black them but, out. Yeah, because they're as long as you're oh, in well, the same division, uh, as like as long as as long as I don't know. They have a list of zip codes that are blacked out from from that. And, that's and I'm unfortunate. In it. Yeah, yeah it's, so I have literally. I'm in, I'm in a Phillies desert. Is what I'm at. I'm in a Phillies desert. You're in a, a Phillies, Phillies desert. desert. Yeah. Well, they've been in a playoff desert for a while. <laughs> yeah. too, so imagine. well, right. But you know that that year when they had the four aces, uh, and I think it was the 2011 season, and they went something like something like crazy, like 120 games. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were we we faced the Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, ended up losing in five. <clears throat> and on the the last at bat, Ryan Howard was up, and he had a chance to win the game. And that was when he ran down to first and blew out his Achilles. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was basically him collapsing on the first base was 
the collapse of the Phillies the for season. the rest of the yeah. decade. That's true. That um, that actually was very th- symbolic. Kind of like it was it very much the was. shot of Andy Van Slyke back in the ni- early '90s with the Pirates, the year they lost to the Braves the second time, and uh, Sid Bream slid in home plate, and there was that picture of Andy Van Slyke sitting out in center field with his arms draped over his knees, and that was symbolic of what was going to happen, you know, to the Pirates after they blew that team up. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping these reforms, this new system, is, is going to allow more teams to be more competitive, uh, you know, in baseball because I think it's it's good for the sport. And I, I look, I I know there are people that baseball is boring. I was talk, as a uh, representative Lewis and I had a little disagreement last night. He's like, I don't know how you can watch baseball. I can't stay through a whole baseball game. I can't leave a baseball game early. Like I I just love the but it's sport. Like the whole atmosphere, right? Like like. Yeah, there's yeah. just something about a baseball but stadium. I can, I can go umpire, you know, a high school baseball game or, or you know, a summer baseball game for a couple hours, come home, first thing I do is flip on a baseball game. Like, I, I really enjoy and, it. And baseball, unlike other sports, has its own rhythm. And That's right. it's, uh, you know, look, they're doing things to try to speed up the game. As a matter of fact, if you've been to a minor league baseball game recently. They got the pitch the, the pitch, yeah, the, the pitch clock. And all of that stuff does make the game go by quicker um, and it helps speed things up but uh, you know look as uh, an organization that I'm part of you know not not here um, has long talked about ways in which to reform and like recruit younger members and um, stuff like that and they do all of these like wacky like reforms that people think this is what's going to do it it's mm-hmm. like no this isn't what's going to do it like you know, you need to look at your larger issues rather than these like weird internal things. That, right. It's a passion right. for what you're. I said actually, you know, this brings up a good. I know we're, we're running short time, but uh, it's a podcast. We, we, we had can do whatever. We, we that's right. We can say <laughs> Chuck can just keep it, make it into two podcasts. Um, the, we had this week the EMS services came to, to the Capitol and talked about their need, you know, for volunteers. And we do have a uh, an emergency services and firefighter volunteer crisis coming in Pennsylvania, right? We don't have enough volunteers to do these jobs, these very important jobs that could save lives, save property. And, you know, one of the reasons that we're looking at is, look, if, if a junior firefighter wants to join the force, they don't want to join to fundraise, or they don't want to join to just sell chicken barbecue tickets. They want to kick doors down with an axe. Like, they want to have something that, and, and so I think you're seeing some of these companies and some of these services say, we have to do so much fundraising right now. Um, we don't have enough members. We need to do what we can do at the state level to to reduce uh, the cost of training. We we need to make sure that we can get more young people doing the actual work they need to do, as opposed to setting up all these barriers. And I know Marty Kozer is working on that, uh, along hey, look, with Pat Stefano in the Senate. And let's let's decriminalize arson. <laughs> that's also that's the Larry Ka- that's the Larry Krasner approach. I get it. Okay, the Philly DA approach. If, 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 yeah, people, if you have if a people want to go and uh, and, and yeah. start. And, I don't know and, that that helps putting the fires out, but we're not going to arrest anybody for it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I like. Let's just apply the Larry Krasner approach to or everything in the state. That's give a problem. tax breaks to volunteer fire starter organizations. Fire starter organizations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Larry Krasner, did you see that the San Francisco DA got the boot from the voters? Yeah. I mean, that's a wake-up call for Larry. Well, and look, San Francisco. L- L- Larry Krasner is the OG Chesa Budin, right? Like, right. He he was he was the San Francisco DA before before San Francisco DA it was cool, right? Yeah, like that. This was when Larry Krasner first got elected. Before he had his PBS show, and you know, was a uh, a national embarrassment. Uh, before before he was what he was. Um, Larry Krasner gave an interview with the New York Times where he said he wants to run his office like everybody in there is a defense attorney with powers. Yeah, that's and, right. And yeah. um, that's created a situation of unchecked lawlessness in the city of Philadelphia. And, um, and we're going to have to keep addressing it at the state level now. Hey, let's enforce the laws that we have. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, 
we got about five minutes of good content, so. Um, <laughs> we should be able to. It's a pretty good day. I say yeah. it's a good day. We're, yep. we're ahead of the game. We're ahead of the game. You know what? I think I think we should call on our listeners. To, you know, if there are subjects that you would like us to address outside of politics, if you would like our take, whether it's sports, whether it's pop culture, send us your ideas because yeah. we have no shortage of opinions in this room on anything, even if we don't know anything about it. Well, so that, I those think, are the ones in which our opinions are the strongest. That's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So I, I think we let's, yeah, let's gen- see. Generally we're, assembled at PAHouseGOP.com. Yeah, yeah uh, send, send us something and see uh, see if you want us to address it on this spot. Maybe it's like a, like a what's the what's that right in Dear Abby or? Uh, something like that. Yeah, a, a yeah, dear generally assembled. What do you think about this situation? How should I handle it? All right. Well, there, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Just we can't no, give legal. I'll, I'll, we can't give legal <laughs> advice in the House of Representatives. Uh, that's not legal advice. That's life advice. In fact, we're legally barred from providing legal advice. The law, accounting. Officially unlicensed since 2005. I'm just thinking about. Uh, wasn't there like a Saturday Night Li- Saturday Night Live skit where it was like. Uh, like deep thoughts, yeah. Oh, Jack yeah. Handy, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, I guarantee you, Seth Grove's not doing that. Well, if you, but he is unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your ideas. All right. Well, uh, that's it for uh, for this episode of Generally Assembled. You can find <laughs> deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Yes, there it is. Uh, all right. So uh, you can find us on your uh, favorite podcast platform: uh, Google, uh, Spotify, Apple. Apple. That's right. Still not on Stitcher. But we are on www.pahousegop.com slash my podcast. All right. That's uh, generally something for this week. Thank you all.